Well, hello, all you beautiful people. Snake here. Um, just wanted to come and chat at you a little bit about a public service announcement. I'm going to call it an adventure in public service announcements. And uh, what I want to do is just talk about a couple of topics here, just some quick bites that you can just kind of digest and maybe think about and um, build on or shoot them down however it works for you but um, just wanted to kind of do my part and um, kind of use a podcast to reach out to to our society our country uh, the world I guess in that aspect and just think about a couple of things that I think we all might want to consider some things that uh, maybe aren't really said a lot but I, I think could make a, a big difference so that was the reason for the public service announcement um, theme, you know, and just kind of sharing thoughts with about how we treat each other. Uh, I think that it's a undeniable point to make that part of the issue that we're having, maybe a large part of the issue even is fair to say, of the issue that we're having in this country, maybe even in the world, you know, when it comes to uh, social or uh, equal rights or um, equality. Um, I think every region, every country, every nation struggles with that in one way or another, and we've seen it in all the media and all of the all of the happenings of you know revolution and people wanting to stand up for equal rights. And I think it would be fair to say that a lot of it stems from not just racism, but a lot of that's enveloped in power, you know, or, or authority. And in a lot of cases, a lot of the uh, disparities that we find are, aren't happening between different races. They're happening between the same race. Um, there are plenty of white police officers that unfortunately shoot, you know, white males or white females, white civilians in, in general. So, um, you know, I think, I think the whole law enforcement and the reform that indeed is, is necessary there is part of a bigger picture. And that bigger picture involves how we treat each other. And I think it's just kind of gone to shit, just to say it simply. And if we look at it for what it is, I think we can kind of start to look at the solution as well. So um, I'm going to start a public announcement to uh, our automobilists. I think that on the the road is a, a big a big location that a lot of uh, conflict happens and, and high velocities, uh, deadly velocities. Whereas you know walking by people on the street is certainly you know could be a, a dangerous situation. Um, you know I don't think you're gonna get hit by a car in in the same aspect. So. Um, you know, or roll over in your own car. So, yeah, I do think that the, the what's happening on the roads needs to be addressed. Uh, the first thing that I'd want to say is, uh, and I wanted to kind of give this to our audience here, is um, make sure that when you're going to your car, you know, either in the morning when you're going to work or going somewhere in the store, coming back from work, coming back from the store, when you're approaching your car, you should have your keys with you. And I say this for a couple of reasons, because number one, uh, if 
if you're trying to, if you don't do that and you get to your vehicle and then you're fumbling trying to find your keys, it it makes it a, a frustrating experience for somebody like me that's waiting for you to move from that parking place. Because uh, I've, I've waited often for a couple of minutes while people are trying to fumble for, you know, their keys and you know, they may be carrying bags or something like that and just didn't think about it. So it's an easy thing to do. Um, you know, the, the fact of me waiting on you is a very minor reason. Also, I think the bigger part of it is that some people are unfortunately attacked or, or ambushed while they're walking to their car, their house, and, and they're, they're in their pockets. And, you know, from a physical defense standpoint, if one hand is in your pocket, that's not a, that's not a hand that you can use. Um, also, if your attention isn't really uh, on everything that's happening around you, you don't really have an awareness bubble. So you always want to wear, have that awareness bubble. And I think that if if you have your keys, you know, as you're approaching your car already, you can kind of stay aware and also use that hand if something was to happen from a physical sense. So, um, you know, and that doesn't necessarily have to be somebody attacking you, but, you know, what if it's a, a kid that's running into the street and you, your hand wasn't free to stop him? You know, there's, there's a lot of different scenarios that aren't just centered around somebody attacking. But um, that's the first thing that I wanted to share. Super simple, but I think you'll appreciate that. Same thing when you're going into your house or your condo or your apartment or your mansion like me. Um, whatever you're, whatever you're happening to, to go into, just kind of try to have your, your stuff ready. It makes a big difference for you in, in terms of your, your physical safety and just being efficient. So, um, moving right along, um, driving right along into the, the, the public service announcement for the drivers. The other part that I wanted to mention is obviously we would want to say people want to pay attention to driving all the time that they're driving, meaning if you're actively driving, pay attention. But I think a really important part or a really important location to, to be paying attention is particularly on the intersection. So, um, you know, if you, if you happen to come to a red light, um, and you don't notice that the light has changed, um, that's making people behind you, you know, take evasive moves and, and dangerous moves sometimes that can create an accident. Um, it can bottleneck that intersection so that, you know, people that are you know, traveling behind, you know, coming at 40 miles per hour, 50 miles per hour, um, you know, don't rear end some of those people. And then it also makes it safer for the pedestrians. If traffic is moving clearly that, um, you know, some of the ones that are crossing parallel, you know, crossing the street parallel to your, your, um, your direction, um, you know, if everyone's jammed up and everyone's trying to hurry up and get around and it just creates a, a, a you know, kind of a, a bottleneck you know, uh, uh, chaos, then I think it just makes people more prone to not see pedestrians or bicyclists or people that are in strollers. Unfortunately, we've seen that. So, um, you know, at all places, you know, when the light's red, um, try to pay attention to that um, and move with traffic. It, it makes a big difference with how traffic flows through the city that you may be in. So just something to think about there. Another thing I got to say is um, in a lot of states, cities, whatever, when you're coming up to a stoplight, um, many places you can turn right on that stoplight. So if you're not turning right and the other lanes are clear, it it's a, a good gesture 
to move out of the right lane in the event that someone's coming behind you and needs to turn, it'll be an open lane for them. So, um, you know, essentially, if you're coming to the stoplight and you're in the right lane, you look at your other lanes, no one's in there, you can just easily move over. And it makes it makes a difference on how traffic can move through that right lane. So um, another thing I wanted to say is obviously we were not we shouldn't be checking text messages while we're driving. I agree with that. Um, if you did have to check it to, to check a message, why not just wait until you're at a stop light? A lot of times people check messages while they're driving and their car's moving at a high rate of speed. And, you know, if they just would have waited 30 seconds or a couple of minutes, they would have been pulling up at a stoplight anyway, and they could have checked it there. And, um, you know, at, at traveling at that speed, even not looking ahead for a couple of seconds, you, you've traveled a great distance that um, a lot can happen. So, um, you know, I, I know it's a little bit contradictory to what I was saying about paying attention at the red light, because if you're checking a, t a text message, obviously you're not going to see the red light. However, um, you know, there are some methods that you can use if you're checking messages at a red light where you can check the messages up close to the steering wheel. That way, if, you, if the light was to change, it, your peripheral vision will, will more than likely catch that cars around you are moving and that the light has changed itself as well. So um, there are ways to go about it, but altogether, I think it's still safer than checking your text messages or trying to send a message or compose a message while you're going 50 miles per hour. So I could be wrong, but probably not. So I, I think you know, as far as, you know, driving goes, I think those are a couple of uh, caveats that I wanted to, just to share and people to consider. Uh, overall, I think that if we if we really boil it down and look at driving, you know, people are traveling at high rates of speed that are quite honestly deadly to the human body. And if we treat it that way and give each other a break, I, I think that it can make a big difference in terms of like, highway mortality and and you know road rage and shit happens out there and it doesn't really need to um a lot of times these these changes and these concessions that we have to make as drivers really aren't putting us behind at all and are actually making us safer like a an example i'll give you in closing is that it's a common thing for people not to let people in that are merging in from like an on-ramp or you know, whatever the case may be, they just they're they're trying to merge into their lane of traffic. The person that's refusing would have to either slow down or move over, and they just refuse. It's almost like they feel that by not letting the person in, they're going to get there faster or get there safer or win some type of fucking award. And I don't understand, really don't understand it, but. Uh, it's really not making a difference, and it's kind of a cool thing to do to be a you know a positive person or a um, you know someone that you know cooperates or or collaborates with with everyone you know and sometimes we might be the person that needs to be let in. So I think those are really subtle changes that people can can go about and make a difference about people's day and stop people from getting into so many road rage and car accident situations. So, um, you know, about driving, um, give people a break, um, a lot of other things to consider that maybe we'll cover another time, but for the sake of time, we'll move into the next one. We're going to talk about law enforcement. So, um, obviously there's a problem there, 
But, um, you know, I think another another aspect that we have to consider being not law enforcement, you know, talking from the not, not law enforcement side is that I think the number of the ratio of, of incidents that we've had with officers, these bad actors, these bad cops, they are uh, by and far small portions of what happens out there. And I know a, a ton of cops that, you know, actually do stuff with their community and, and have made a difference and, you know, have been there for me in terms of safety and, um, you know, supporting me and my family. And, and it's just, you know, there's some great guys and, and women out there that are that are doing the job and, and pushing that badge. And it would be unfair for us to look at what some of them have done and, you know, kind of classify all police that way and say that we would be better off without police. I myself, personally, I believe that our society wouldn't really function the way that everybody might think it functions if we didn't have the the men and women that we have protecting us and, and serving um, every day, you know, and and if, if something were to happen and there's no police, I'm not sure that a behavioral health specialist would be the appropriate responder, um, you know, if someone had broken in my house and, um, you know, had weapons or whatever the case may be. So um, please, please, you know, understand there. I, I completely agree that there needs to be something done with law enforcement in terms of the, the, the culture and the reform that needs to happen there. Um, but I, I, I fully respect and, and, and appreciate all the men and women that are not assholes that are out there saving people's lives every damn day. So, um, you know, I do think there needs to be some reform and, you know, kind of how I alluded to a little bit earlier about how to treat people. Um, fundamentally, racism is about treating people like shit. And, and the issue about law enforcement, you know, that we're, that we're examining in today's society is about certain people that are treating other people like shit. Um, you know, I don't think it's a, it's a law enforcement wide thing, but it, it does happen. And, and I think those that are in law enforcement and aren't assholes, um, it's going to be your obligation to take a more active role to, to combating those things um, because you're, you're the closest to it and, and can, can take the most effic- effective um, you know, stance and, and maneuver it to curb those things. So you got to step up, guys and women. Um, you know, these are things that are, are tearing us up you know, as a society. And, um, you know, we, we understand, you know, we've, we've got to understand some of the, the, the types of people that you unfortunately have to deal with and are out there committing these atrocious and, and, and heinous crimes against, you know, society members. Um, you know, how do you, how do, how do we expect officers to separate that you know, when they're getting shot at and, you know, dealing with child molesters and, and, and rapists and stuff like that. Sure. You know, they're human. And, you know, I, I think that while we need to raise the bar on the, the qualifications of law enforcement, we also need to, 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 to give them more support. The ones that are not assholes and those, those heroes, they, they, number one, they, they got to need more pay. They got to, um, you know, to have that role and not fall influence to some of the corruption or, or the, you know, the, the, the traumatic shit that they got to see, um, they should be m- well more compensated than, you know, what I do 
you know, or, you know, what somebody else does that's not so influential or impactful, you know, to their well-being or their, their mental health. So that's a, that's a big thing I understand, especially in this atmosphere for me to say that. But, I mean, if we're going to really talk solutions, let's talk solutions. Um, I just don't want there to be a situation where, you know, there's nobody to call. So, you know, there we've seen, you know, instances where, you know, the absence of law enforcement has not produced an entirely favorable picture. So I just want us to, to, to really understand that and not have to learn that ap the absolutely hardest way. So, um, yeah, so the other thing I wanted to mention is that um, you know, for those that are out there, you know, engaged in, you know, criminal activity or whatever, I'm not here to judge anybody, but, um, you know, I would say from a professional standpoint that at the time that law enforcement apprehends you or gets their hands on you, um, or is close enough to, to do so, I think at that point you, you need to admit that you're caught. So there's no, you know, you're going to fight the police and get away. You know, you're going to, you're going to run and, and make it. Um, you know, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, it's if you're already at that point of being caught, it doesn't make sense to, to, to worsen the situation. I don't think anything good ever happens from from those interactions or those choices that are made. Um, I got to say that a lot of these issues that I've seen happen to our our black men, you know, and that are publicized in the media. Some of the things that I've 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 thought to myself, you know, and I, I I've never really talked about this, but um, some of the things I thought to myself is, well, shit, I, I would never fucking do that. Like some of the actions or the behaviors uh, that people took, I, you know, I, I just, I understand that the way the way law enforcement works and, and some of the shit that those guys go through just through my professional experiences and, and working with them and being in the military. Um, so I, I don't think I'd ever act or react in those ways. And, you know, I've certainly had some physical activity and what I felt was discriminatory behavior from law enforcement. But I, I understood at, at some point in my life that for me to while out and act a fool really does zero for me. As, as a matter of fact, I've seen it worsen the situation for a lot of the, the, the um, people that I grew up with and, and you know, the, the group um, you know, and the things that we went through and, and what I saw from law enforcement happen. Um, you know, I've been pulled over with firearms, carrying concealed uh, rifles. And, you know, I, I, I don't really have the same type of experiences that a lot of my peers or, or you know, my, my black community peers have. And I, and I, I, I feel lucky at the same time, but I, I just hate that, you know, there's always seems to be a behavioral aspect or a reaction that kind of pushes along the escalation and the altercation, if you will. Um, I guess, look, I'm just going to, you know, cut right to it and say, look, if, if, if an officer mistook me for someone and started handcuffing me and taking me to the ground, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight him or her. Uh, you know, it, I would I would allow them to take me into custody, and then I would talk my way through the situation, and we would figure it out. Um, you know, at that point, we would figure out if there's any you know types of formal complaints or any types of litigative complaints that I needed to take. But um, you know, I'm not gonna try to fight my way through law enforcement. And you know, I've trained you know quite some time, you know, over a decade, and um, a few different things. But 
um, you know, just doesn't make any sense. And I understand it's uncomfortable, um, but I really feel like a, a lot of us these days have this certain sense of entitlement and, and that we can't be, you know, challenged in some way. But I'm going to talk about that a little bit more towards the end. But, you know, just going back to law enforcement, um, give them a break and, and understand the, the, the process. Um, you know, it sucks, you know, that, that law enforcement, you know, does some of the things that they do. And they aren't justified in some cases by who they deal with. Maybe they're just bad apples, and we need to look at that. I get it. But as a civilian or someone that has done nothing wrong or, or there's some type of mistake there, um, it's, it, it's, it's not good to you know, get into a physical altercation with law enforcement and just worsen the situation. Um, if you're doing something wrong and they've been able to make physical contact with you, then you've already lost anyway. So um, those are just my suggestions and my thoughts about those things that I wanted to share. Um, and then I wanted to also talk a little bit to the officers as well. So, you know, if you're in law enforcement, you know, going back to the my stance and saying, look, we get it, you know, some of the people that you deal with and some of the shit that you go through, being shot at, the whole nine, I understand. Um, I've also got to say that in every situation that I've seen, um, you know, where there may have been someone that was kind of acting an ass or whatever the case may be, I, I've seen this extraordinary use of force, you know, and sometimes a, a, a deadly use of force. And it just, it didn't have to go there. Do you understand? So cops, officers, you know, brothers, sisters, you got to stop with the power trip and that you can just do people however you have come to know that you can get away with or, you know, just to make them pay for giving you a hard time or putting you through paperwork. It's it's a new day. It's a new age. And we're, we're relying on you to remain professional. That's what you signed up to do. Um, you know, this isn't someone approaching you in your personal life. You signed up for this job to be a cop and put your life on the line. So you can't take it out on other people. You just can't. And for those officers that are standing by when shit like this happens, you have an obligation to do things about that, to stop the, the, the perspective of law enforcement that's fairly established. It's fair. It happens in abundance. So to, to think that people are going to trust or respect law enforcement when the shit keeps happening, you know, you've got to be part of the solution. And part of that solution is intervening and, and de-escalating wherever you can or formally, you know, complaint, making complaints or internal affairs, whatever the case may be, but it's just got to stop because it's going to get a lot worse for everybody. So... Um, you know, I, I think that in a lot of these situations, are are the law enforcement officers that are that are in these videos? I, I just I wonder what type of like social training, um, you know, communications training that might work there, because I, I just think that they're out of tools. They're out of vocalizing or, or verbalizing any any further de-escalating or crisis techniques so they move right to physical techniques and some of these physical techniques um, you know any person 
that feels that they're being wronged and their rights are being violated or are just trying to stop the pain are going to fight you back. They're going to fight you back. So you, you've got to learn some, some techniques that are, are less invasive, if you will, or less aggressive or, or you know, less combative altogether and that people aren't going to try to fight you back on. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen many issues where, you know, people are being hurt and, you know, the officers, and I don't know if they are doing it purposely or not. I really don't, but the officers continue to apply, you know, joint locks or, or chokeholds because the person is trying to get the pressure off of them. So, and for some of this stuff, like the, the, that type of pressure and that type of intervention and retain, restraint is, is not necessary, guys and ladies. It's not. So you've got to you've got to train our people in, in law enforcement a little bit better on discretion, as well as what types of physical, um, you know, martial arts or combat skills, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, they might need to incorporate so that they can effectively control people without it turning into this brutal interaction. So that's my take about law enforcement. Just for the sake of time, we're going to move forward, but more to talk about in the future because we're far from we're far from being out of it. So um, we're going to tag back on to um, you know how to treat each other and racism. So. We need to understand that racism is not just a white person trait, okay? Um, racism doesn't just exist in white people. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that racism exists in all of us. I've seen black people be racist to other black people. I've seen black people be racist to white people in places that white people aren't the, the majority. I've seen it. It happens commonly. I've seen, you know, Mexicans be uh, discriminatory towards black people because they don't like them for whatever reason. They don't like the music. They don't like them dating their, their women or men. Um, there's a lot of reasons that happen there. But guys, I'm, I'm going to say that racism is a human trait and it exists in all of us. But in our evolution, we need to learn how to harness that and say, look, I understand I feel this way about these people, but I understand also that it's unethical and it's not right for me to behave in set ways that discriminate against all of those people. Whether I like them or not, you know, what's fair is fair and they're a human being just like I am. So that's a good start for people just to start thinking about, give people, um, Give people a break. You know, we we understand that we're all going through some crazy shit, you know, through the, the, the pandemic and through everything that's been happening in society and, and the protests. And it's just a crazy, crazy time. Please give people a break. It's hard for us all. And we could make this a lot better just with the power we have on our own to improve our stance about how we want to treat each other. And the worst that could happen is that I'm wrong and that you're nice to someone who remains to be an asshole to you 
or that you lose some moral ground because you didn't stand up for your point or your argument. But, like, I also could be right. So why not try it? I think that it would be a cool little experiment that you could see. Um, even when there may not be such a great accomplishment from someone, let's try to get into the habit of being positive outward to people as much as we can. When we see people being racist in any capacity, any race towards any race, whatever the case may be, we have to call it out. And we have to, to, to make the change because, and I don't know that anybody's really waiting on this or depending on this, but no one's going to do it for us. The government won't. And, and even if they even if they were physically capable of it, they, 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 they can't. They definitely can't. It's, it's something that we have to institute as our society, as our culture, as our country. So I leave you with that. Treat each other well. Um, talk to each other often. I, I think it's a, a a little bit extreme right now, and you know maybe we're in the sway of the way things kind of ebb and flow. But it's a little bit extreme right now. Give people a break. You know there there are there are situations where people are just trying to talk things out and and share their mind, but they're being classified as racists. So we also need to make sure we understand that as much as the media tries, it's very difficult to display the entire picture sometimes and get all perspectives. So we, as the viewers, hold the obligation to do our own independent research and arrive at our own unbiased and educated conclusions on these different matters. Okay, I know that's a complex concept. But what I'm saying is that if you only focus on certain segments of a story, your world is going to look a certain way. So it's, it's up to us to be able to empower this technology and all of this stuff that we've got that can access information to be able to evolve. And to what I was saying earlier in the beginning of this podcast is that it's time for us to evolve. Look, we've got tools and supercomputers that, you know, scientists would have died for 20 years ago, um, you know, just to be able to further their research and have access to, to, to data. And we, we often squander that. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm, as I post, you know, this video through a resource like social media, of course, it can have its, its uses and it does. It has its its place in our evolution as a, as a society. It also, if not handled with responsibility, can detract from that evolution. And you know, spending an unrealistic amount of time kind of trolling through those things is is really easy to do. But there's so much more to life, and I think that that might be part of the 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 issue or a heavy contributor as far as why people have forgotten how to treat each other well, well, because we don't really interact with each other anymore physically. Um, we, we do it through, uh, uh, you know, a, a method of communication um, that's 
very, very unclear. You know, it's already hard enough to have a conversation with people voice to voice, but when you start talking about writing, you know, sentences that can easily be misconstrued, you know, now we've got memes and GIFs that, you know, someone's trying to make a, a, a decent point, but it gets misconstrued, or they're trying to make a undecent point, but you get what I'm saying. So those were the points that I wanted to talk to you about for my uh, first annual podcast, and you're going to see a lot more of me. Um, you know, I wanted to thank everyone's everyone for uh, tuning in and uh, for your attention. I hope it helps. I hope it gives you some ideas and some inspiration just to kind of kind of push the the envelope here. Um, help people out. Help people out as you can. We all need it. It's crazy times, and I think we all can find that common denominator here for us for the most part. Um, so so take care of each other. I think that the solution to the situation that we're in all exists with our day-to-day and how we decide to, to uh, wield our, our actions and our, our, even our words to each other. So um, that's all I had. You know, I'll see you on the next podcast. But um, thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in, and uh, I'll see you soon.